Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, one verse. We're really going to talk about one verse. <laughs> We're going to do an entire podcast on a single verse of the Bible. Wow, okay, deep dive. <laughs> Let's start with, what is this verse? <laughs> so this is actually kind of a favorite verse of mine, just because it seems so silly, but can reveal so much. Yeah. The verse says... See what large letters I make when I'm writing with my own hand. Oh my, okay. So (laughs) for those who are not aware, this is a letter from Paul, correct? It is. To the Galatians, correct? To the people of Galatia, yeah. Okay. What other background do we need for this? Well, what this does is this begins to reveal something powerful about Paul. One of the things that I think we tend to forget or slide over as a modern audience as we think about Paul, at least as Lutherans, maybe not in some Christian circles, but as Lutherans, we tend to downplay or ignore the trials and tribulations that Paul went through along his journeys. He was in shipwrecks. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He had a lot of very physical repercussions for preaching and teaching what he did about Jesus. And Galatians is one of these letters that he wrote back a little bit farther along in his journey. And so here is this seemingly throwaway line about see what large letters I make when I'm writing with my own hand. But why would someone write large letters when they're writing with their own hand? Are we talking something like all caps where you're shouting? No. Physically large letters. If your hand has been broken many times ah. and reset poorly, or if you have arthritis because of the injuries that you've sustained, these are the kinds of things then that we glance over and we miss. We toss it away like this is a silly verse and line, but it says so much about who Paul is. And he slips these lines in when he's trying to remind people of the kinds of sacrifices that he has made for the message of Jesus Christ. So it's strategic. Mm -hmm. Paul is always... And significantly, this kind of master orator, this master storyteller, this master of, is polemic the right word? Is that the word where, you know, the individual who can use the words and and the ability to speak and tell a story in such a way to get you believe what they want you to believe, Mm -hmm. right? So he is brilliant at this. And he'll toss something out there like it's nothing, 
But if you take a look at it and you start to dig at it, you see in there this very real moment of message that he's trying to give. So in this particular section of Galatians, he is talking about, don't be tempted, bear one another's burdens. Everyone has to carry their own loads. Trust that we all are working together and don't listen to those who say that only those who have given up the most in their body, that those who've been circumcised are the only ones who have given up enough in their body in order to be truly God's own chosen people. Because in Paul's time, this argument between those who have been circumcised, the people of Jewish faith, Mm -hmm. and those who have not been circumcised, the Gentiles, there's this huge argument over whether or not the Gentiles can be Christian followers. And Paul is speaking mostly to Gentiles. And this whole kind of who has made the most bodily sacrifice, who has had the most pain in their bodies for the sake of their faith, becomes this measuring point of who truly believes in their faith enough. And it's measured by circumcision. It's measured by eventually persecutions. That is such a brutal way to prove your devotion to something, though. This was the first 50 years of Christianity. Sure, I get it. I totally get it. But it's like, wow, that's way harsh. Totally. This sustains for the first 300 years of Christianity. Oh, sure. There are a lot of martyrs out there. Exactly. And it is not until Christianity becomes legal under Constantine that these kinds of conversations about who has committed the most bodily sacrifice for their faith. And at the time of Nero and the Christian persecutions in the first centuries, there are those who turn on their faith and step away from the Christian following. And after the persecutions have ceased and the faith becomes legal again, there's this entire debate over whether or not those who suffered the persecutions and maintained their faith through the entire thing would allow and welcome back those who gave in. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of argument that you have between the Gentiles and the Jews. You know, did they give up enough? Did they suffer enough? How can we make certain that they have suffered enough? Now we have that we have suffered more. We don't know that they are good enough Christians to be a part of the Christian faith. Right? There's always this us and them kind of division mm-hmm. within, within the faith practice. And here, Paul is like trying to throw this in here because not only is he circumcised, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was a Jewish man, a very Mm -hmm. devout Jewish man. So he is circumcised, but he has also faced the persecution of the Gentiles. He has also been beaten and he has had all kinds of horrible things. His body has been significantly harmed to the point that his writing has been significantly impacted the writing of this scholar, this incredibly well-versed, well-educated Jewish man, 
is very large and he has this whole section and then he lands on his point, may I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he lands by trying to say, look, none of this matters. All that matters is Jesus Christ. And this is how he uses his experience, his persecutions, his, his entire experience of both privilege and persecution to try to level playing fields and point constantly back to Jesus. And in one tiny little throwaway verse, he can hinge an argument, but only if we recognize what's going on here. When were you first clued in to what this little verse meant to you or to anyone? So in seminary, it was a verse that we laughed about. Okay. Like, we kind of made fun of it. Like, see what large letters I make when I write with my own hand. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like, we kind mm-hmm. of made fun of the little verse. And it wasn't until I was working with Dr. Len Sweet on my doctoral program mm-hmm. that he took a couple of these moments in Paul's writings and he lifted them out and showed them to us. So this one in particular, and there's another moment in another letter where Paul is writing about the various things that he has endured. And Len kind of orates a potential action of what Paul might have been doing in removing his outer garment and showing the scars Mm -hmm. and showing the physicality of what has happened to his corporeal form through his belief in his faith. And Paul is not some handsome, striking figure by the end of his faith. Paul is a man who has been significantly harmed and shattered and continues to preach. Mm-hmm. It's not, it is not a glorious, glorified life that Paul lives. It's a dangerous life and he dies a martyr. And I think that is a piece to remember and recognize about Paul. And I'm not saying everything he's written has been helpful. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us write everything, you know, we have hundreds of hours at this point of our podcast out on the internet for all to listen to. Not everything I have said is going to be perfect and helpful. No, not everything gets to be 100% gold. Right? But what we have done is to our best ability to point to Jesus. And I think that Paul, what he does to the best of his ability is to point to Jesus. And being the man he was in the time he was, that also cost him a substantial amount. And we see that in this particular verse. I appreciate that it sort of evens the field because I learned fairly early on in relationships and whatnot that the game of my day was worse is never really won by anyone in any way, shape or form. First of all, you're talking about a terrible day to begin with. And now you're trying to one up somebody with a horrible thing. Yeah. 
it's not uplifting. It doesn't help. It doesn't. And to be fair, Paul does it all the bloody time. Yeah. He does it a ton. And in his letters, I mean, you cannot read 2 Corinthians without him going like, no one has any cause to boast, but, you know. (laughs) But... If I have cause to boast, let me just tell you what I would boast of were I maybe to boast. Not that I'm going to, but let me just remind you. And then he like boasts for like two and a half paragraphs, which for him is like two sentences. So he is real good at boasting and he can do it with the best of them. And I won't like defend his boasting. He's really good at it. He does use it as an argumentative tool. Mm -hmm. He is using it to make his argument. His argument is often not to build himself up, but to build up the argument for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Is this something that you'd like to call out and preach on when it comes up in the lectionary? Or is it something that you will fall back on if you have to? I haven't called it out yet. Partially because I think on Sunday mornings, it's very difficult for me to choose to preach on substantial experiences of violence without knowing who's going to be in the room. Oh, that's very fair. I have, when I was younger and perhaps less aware, done so on other topics, particularly around Holy Week, where I just was trying to get into the spirit of the week or trying to be cool or trying to be experiential. I don't know, but I maybe it was around the time that Mel Gibson had done his movie, The Passion of the Christ, Mm -hmm. and it was just such a thing to talk about the visceral nature of the crucifixion. And I think I went a little bit too much into some of the physical descriptions of the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who, especially on Easter, you don't know who's showing up in your pews. And it was not appropriate. I will just leave it there. I think for 99% of the people in the room, it was fine. It was probably even a powerful experiential sermon. Mm -hmm. But for the one person that it was triggering that for me was enough that I won't do it again. And talking about the extreme experiences that Paul has had, I'm not even giving a ton of detail here in our conversation because we didn't give a trigger warning at the beginning of our, or a content warning Mm -hmm. at the beginning of our podcast, right? So I just don't do a ton of description of that kind of situation because I think that people deserve the right to choose whether or not they engage that content on any given day or time. And on Sunday morning, coming into a sanctuary, maybe with or without their children, I think they deserve the right to make the choice on content, particularly if children are in the room. I just, it would be difficult for me to go into this kind of content. I think a Bible study with clear conversation ahead of time, you know, the life of Paul and Mm -hmm. his persecutions 
where people knew ahead of time what the ground rules were and that this was going to be the topic, that would be fine. And I could set the ground rules for myself then and be prepared myself to talk about it. But there's just too much heaviness in our world right now. And too much of this kind of situation happens in our world today and happens to individuals in our world today for me to just toss it out there like it's nothing. That's absolutely fascinating. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Of Paul's letters, how does this one rate, either this particular verse or the Galatians section itself versus Corinthians or whomever else he's written to? It's not my favorite. I think Galatians, it's a significant part of year C of our lectionary. It comes around and we'd spend a lot of time in Galatians Yeah, in this particular cycle, but it doesn't get as much attention as Corinthians or Romans does. So it's here, it's present, but it doesn't get as much attention as others. But it does have one particular verse that you like very much. And it has some topics in it that are quite fascinating. And this is a nice tiny little piece to be able to highlight this entire concept and how Paul uses his experiences to pepper his arguments and bolster his experience and his credibility in his faith. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And if you have questions or want to learn more, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.